Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast, where we discuss all things GRC. What I would be suggesting to anyone who's new in the compliance profession is to really be thinking about the fundamental principles of compliance and how they can unify those fundamental principles with what the organisation is seeking. Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast. My name is Kwame Slasher. I'm the editor at the GRC Institute. And today we have Elizabeth Moylan, a director at the GRC Institute. Hi, Elizabeth. How are you doing? And welcome Hello. to the podcast. Hello, Kwame. Lovely to be with you. So today we're having a bit of a chat. Um, you know, the conference is coming up near the end of the year. And so we're trying to maybe give a bit of a teaser of what we could be talking about at the conference. And something you flagged before we started this recording was maybe the lack of just not having enough compliance talent um, out there for organizations, this shortage of talent. So I I was just wondering, um, is this related to the fact that it's a relatively new occupation or or are there any other reasons why there might be a gap in this market? Um, Well, Kwame, I've worked in compliance for around 20 years now, and I think since the Financial Services Royal Commission, there's been an enormous uplift in terms of demand for experienced compliance professionals. So I'd say if you're looking at a timeline, there's been a pretty steady trend of, you know, uplifted numbers of um, compliance professionals required in Australia over the years. But once we hit that, the years of the Royal Commission, it kind of skyrocketed. And we've seen a couple of large institutions be fined, you know, very significant amounts of money by regulators. And so, you know, what results from that is a demand to uplift compliance practices and take a lot of professionals out of out of the industry and into you know, certain organisations. Um, so, but going off global trends, I don't think that that trajectory will change too much. Maybe the the rate will change, but not in terms of um, compliance professionals being in demand moving forward. Yeah, sure. And in the, the 20 years that you've been in the profession, where traditionally have compliance professionals come from? Well, in my experience, Kwame, Compliance professionals usually came from a legal background, um, you know, where people would be in in practice for a number of years and and make a a leap into a compliance role. But I've also seen some really interesting um, career moves where people have um, pivoted from audit, internal audit, um, from operations backgrounds, where over time perhaps the operational role has involved more and more compliance responsibilities and they've sort of had a taste of what compliance involves and, and decided to move into compliance, or of course risk management, because compliance you know, is so closely tied with, with risk management and a lot of the principles are shared. Um, so they're, they're the backgrounds that I've seen move into compliance. But what's super fascinating um, is that there isn't a degree you can do to become a compliance professional as it currently stands. And so we're having to, you know, if you're looking at bringing in compliance talent, you probably do have to do some on the job training um, with with graduates, which is interesting because if, you know, you're an accountant, you do an accounting degree and then you'd move into an accounting role. It's not quite as seamless a transition when it comes to compliance. Yeah, sure. And on that, have there been any other trends that you might have noticed in in terms of where compliance professionals might be coming from maybe in the last couple of years? I think I'm in a role where I have to 
build a talent pipeline. And given, particularly in the middle levels of compliance, you know, being compliance managers, there is a huge demand and not a lot of supply, had to think creatively about, well, how do you build the talent pipeline when it's really expensive and difficult to, to buy the talent in? And so looking at people who are graduating from universities, who are, you know, the academic, from an academic perspective, are really wonderful. From a um, motivational perspective, they're really keen to build a career. Um, and they they don't have any sort of, experience in the corporate world so they're quite malleable in terms of um, you know aligning to a corporate culture um, so I've found that building a talent pipeline from the graduate level in has been quite successful and yeah. and this is where the GRCI um, offering is so powerful you know whilst there's no degrees in compliance and risk management that I'm aware of although I think Macquarie University might offer something at a postgraduate level I'm sure Elizabeth Sheedy will correct me on that um, however um, what GRC off offers is a compliance and risk 101 which is a um, you know taster of what are the the fundamental principles of compliance risk management. Um, the next sort of step up the ladder is the graduate certificate in compliance risk management. The next step up the ladder is the um, certificate for in compliance and risk management. So whilst there's no degree around compliance, you can get another type of degree like a law degree or a business degree and then get the SME through through the GRCI. Yeah, sure. And have you seen any situations, scenarios where you might have people in an organization who might be performing the role of a compliance professional, but might not be necessarily be considered uh, a compliance professional? Certainly. So I think in different organizations, you know, they'll be structured differently and, and the the needs in terms of compliance might have changed over time. So, you know, in a lot of organizations, you see like um, company secretaries or operations um, experts, you know, gradually building in more and more compliance responsibilities to the point that, you know, you could argue that they're compliance, but they're still identifying with maybe their, their former title. Sure. So you've talked a little bit about you, you building your own team, but where do businesses commonly get, uh, you know, where do they find the talent that they need for, you know, the particular type of compliance they're looking for? I mean, I guess there's two options. You either build it in-house or you buy the, the skills that you need. And um, my experience in the current market is that the um, the cost of buying in the talent is going up quite enormously year on year. And so organisations need to look at other solutions. Um, just, just looking at, you know, picking up a salary report of, of one of the big recruitment firms, you can see that the change over time in terms of, you know, the, the salaries that, that individuals can command. And that in itself, because the, there's salary inflation and there's high demand and there's low supply, we're seeing a lot more movement of people through roles. So, you know, five, ten years ago, people probably would have had a longer tenure in a compliance and risk role. Um, I'm, my observation is that those 10 years are shortening, which might also be tied to generational change, but I do also think it's tied to um, the amount of demand for, for the skills in the, in the external market. Yeah, sure. So do you think then that maybe that, that particular situation is sort of contributing to maybe 
the rising costs of compliance in general? Definitely, definitely, because if, if salaries are going up a certain percent per year, then just to stay still, you know, the, the functional cost is going to go up a certain amount just to stay the numbers that you are. Um, so, yeah, costs are rising. And then you see examples like uh, Macquarie, you know, who have put some pretty solid statements out there in the media around their um, results time saying how significant and important investment in compliance is to their long-term strategic sustainable success of the business. So seeing a lot of drivers, but I do think that the supply is at the heart. I do also think that, you know, we haven't had a lot of migration, skilled migration into Australia in the last couple of years. And so when the demand's going up, you're not bringing external supply from other countries. You know, it does create wage, you know, inflation in terms of salaries and expectations. Yeah, sure. And as you've already mentioned, there's not necessarily always a clear education pathway through at least universities. No, no. Um, and so I think these podcasts are really powerful because someone might be at university not aware of how they could leverage another degree to have a really wonderful career you know, across a number of industries, because once you're a compliance professional, you don't have to stay in the one organisation. You could move between industries and get different experiences. Um, and from my observation, you know, good performing compliance professionals will always be in a job. So it's kind of a recession proof. I probably better be careful using those terms, but um, <laughs> it's a pretty good skill set and professional space to be to be operating in you know, whichever market, you know, we might be cycling through from an economy point of view. Okay, well, we're down to the last question. And really, do you have any words of wisdom or any bit of advice for someone who is new to the profession or thinking of joining the profession? What I would be suggesting to anyone who's new in the compliance profession is to really be thinking about the fundamental principles of compliance and how they can unify those fundamental principles with what the organisation is seeking. I, I have seen a lot of compliance professionals get so caught in the lane of we must try and meet the laws and that's the only lens that they're thinking from. You've got to find a way to meet regulatory expectation but also help the organisation achieve what it wants to. And I strongly believe that there's actually a beautiful middle ground between the two, a sweet spot. And if you can find that sweet spot, the business will be better run, um, better performing, more sustainable in the long run. Oh, great. Well, thank you so much for your time this evening, Elizabeth. My pleasure. Thank you, Kwame. This podcast was a production of the Governance Risk and Compliance Institute. And the music was produced by Rob Neary.